for doing a fun, exclusive podcast today. Something totally out of the norm. Okay, so guys, everybody who's watching this right now, Meredith and I have decided to throw away all our inhibitions and answer your questions. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to take more live caller questions rather than the feed, but we're just going to be answering questions all over the planet. We've got Instagram, Facebook, filter-free parents. We've got lots of them up and running. We have always uh, we've always had a regular podcast where we discuss topics, but today we are answering your questions. Since some of the calls are going to be live, I don't think we're going to know the questions until we bring them on, right? So, right. so things could get weird, but it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun, and I'm very excited. And okay. they're going to be quick friends, so we can't spend forever on the phone because we want to answer as many questions as possible. Welcome to Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. You can download this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, CastBox, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Be sure to subscribe and give us a review with your thoughts about the show. I'm your host, Meredith from That's Inappropriate. And I'm your host, Tiffany from Juggling the Jenkins. This podcast will discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Please remember, though, we're not professionals at anything you may actually need, so any advice we give, you can take. Or leave, because it might be crap. On today's episode of Take It or Leave It, we're opening it up to you. That's right, this episode is just a big old Q&A sesh, so ask us your questions, we'll provide answers, and we're going to get to as many calls as we can in the time allotted. There's no joke, there's no mom fail, we're just doing it. Okay. Let's ask each other questions while we're waiting for a caller, Meredith. Do you like your coffee that I hand make for you, which is an artisan brew? I do enjoy it quite a lot. Yeah. Do you enjoy my face that I hand make for you each time I come over? So much. It makes my heart, my dirty, old, Ew. nasty heart melt. <laughs> What's my your favorite heart? color? A teal. Really? Yeah. That was my color when I was a kid. Oh. What's your favorite song in the whole wide world? That's a toughie. Do you have a favorite song in the whole wide world? Like just one? Yeah. What? Um, Gray Street by Dave Matthews, but like all-time, all-time favorite is In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. We have a caller. <gasps> Great drum solo. Three minutes and 42 seconds into the song. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got Charity? Yes. All right. Hello, Charity. Welcome to the show. Hi. I have a question actually for Tiffany. Hi. Oh, God. Hi, I have just recently sort of understood that I have anxiety. So I was wondering, do you normally, is your anxiety worse, like when, as a parent, when you're PMSing, do you, do you, because my manifest is anger like yours towards the kids. So is it worse when you're PMSing? Is that something that you experience? Awesome question, Charity. Thank you so much for calling and asking. Um, uh, Charity asked as somebody with anxiety, if it's worse during, uh, my menstrual time. And I will just tell you that it's a whole nother monster animal. Um, I try to divorce my husband three days before my period every single month. <laughs> um, I contemplate throwing my kids out the back door and locking it. Like it's really bad. I have anxiety all the time, but when my hormones and everything are all out of whack, um, my period is horrific. And I know that there are some um, things surrounding periods that are worse than others. Isn't there something called like, per what is it? There's like a disorder where yeah. 
Yeah. Pre, 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 pre-menstrual something, D-D, something. PMDD. Yeah. Um, where it makes you unbelievably irrational more so than usual. So, um, yeah. I would consult your OBGYN and maybe discuss that and, and potentially if you feel like it is getting worse during a cycle time, see if there's some way that they could correlate that and, and maybe there's a, you know, a medication that would be better suited for that. Yeah. We're, you... we're trying different meds and trying mm-hmm. to like find a way because we thought maybe it was hormonal, hormonal. And I didn't know I'm going to try some of Tiffany's, um, anxiety things that she's figured out for herself and see if any of them work for me maybe yes awesome well keep us posted on how that goes and i'm sending love you're not alone thank you you guys are awesome thank Thank you you so much good luck thanks bye bye charity okay somebody had asked what our uh, what we would do about children stealing and i think that since your kids are older you'd be a good one to answer that question if you caught your kids stealing what would you do If I caught my kids stealing, I would make them return whatever it is that they stole. They would then be punished for the theft. And um, we would have a real hard conversation about why you cannot cross certain boundaries. And because just because you want something doesn't mean you get to have it. But stealing has got to be really tough because I think sometimes kids, because they're so impulsive, and they want something so badly that they don't even realize that the choice that they made was was so wrong. But I think you have to really if they're doing that at if they're doing that like just set the precedent early like we don't we don't do that no matter how bad you want something. You know. Good answer. You just don't, you don't you want to definitely talk to them about that because you don't want them, you know, like stealing your car later. Mm, they will. Yeah. Regardless. Okay, so just so everybody knows, we know that some of you guys who are watching this live cannot hear the questions. We're going to repeat them, A. And B, what we're going to do is we're going to get your question, then we're going to thank you and say goodbye um, and answer the question. So we have Lindsay here. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. Hey, girl. Hey. I uh, was wanting to know where you got the uh, gold glitter eyeshadow that you've been wearing. (laughs) 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 I'm also the one that wants to know, like, where, you know, the shoes you wore on tour, like I'm that weirdo. Oh my gosh, that's awesome, Lindsay! Thank you so much. I for went to your first uh, oh. show in Wichita. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. I like how the show's going. I see that. For those of you who can't hear, she said I'm amazing and the most beautiful person on the planet. <laughs> and she wants to know you where are. you got your gold glitter okay. eyeshadow. Okay. Well, we'll get to that after the compliments. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for calling, Lindsay. <laughs> Um, I got my gold glitter for free in a boxy charm box, and I'm pretty sure it's tart. Uh, something about a campfire, fireside, fire, tarty. No, yeah, I don't know. It was free. It came in a boxy charm box, but yeah, and I put that on because I was feeling some type of way. Also, my glittery shoes that I wear on the road, I got from Amazon for twenty dollars. Yes, I. Th- those are Converse, right? No. Oh. Sorry. Oh, you're yes. I have two pairs. Yes. Yeah, I know. I've seen you in them. I'm wearing a new white sparkly oh, sneaker. Okay, I didn't see that one yet. Yeah. I'm okay. Sorry. It up. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I love glitter. Glitter is my jam. I noticed you had some on your eyelashes on Tuesday. <laughs> That's because I don't shower. Well, no. I mean, the rest of it was off. There were just like a couple of pieces left, like on your uh, on your eyelash. And I assumed you were either doing a makeup tutorial, which I was just going to wait for to watch, or you were doing something, making some funny video or whatever. Nope. You love to do that. I was just strutting just my a, stuff. Just having a Tuesday? Just having a Tuesday. Uh, 
Becky just asked, do you guys actually like each other? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Becky asked if we actually liked each other. And the reason that this is funny. Okay. The reason that this is funny is because on the podcast we just recorded, we had a heart to heart about my feelings about Meredith, which surprised her. Um, because I, uh, to sum it up, I am a very guarded person. And since I'm so new to all of this, I don't know who genuinely wants to be my friend or who wants something from me. I get emails all day, every day. People ask me to share their stuff, to help them, to share their video, to, you know what I mean? And so I never know who really likes what I'm doing or who wants to gain something from me. I'll get a mile long email about how wonderful I am and how I've changed somebody's life. And the email will end with, Speaking of, I've got these amazing leggings. I would love it if I could send you a pair as a thank you and you could just give me a shout out on your page. And it negates everything that was said before. So with Meredith, um, I wasn't sure, you know, because she reached out to me initially. And uh, but I have I have come to know that she is actually really a genuine, kind person. And I do consider her a friend Um, for a while. I was I was tiptoeing waiting for something to happen and uh we got to bond recently and she was very surprised she thought i just loved her the whole time no that's not what i said yeah okay what'd you say what i said was we've always been friendly and it's i just could see where you would see this as a business relationship because we do the podcast together we shoot videos together but you when you said we haven't really hung out together I understood what you meant because like friends go out places and they hang out. Right. The problem is between your busy schedule, my busy schedule, going places to hang out, that time like doesn't exist for us. Right. And so we got to sit and just talk about crap at Legoland and it was just fun. Yeah. And I guess for me, it because this is all I do and this is all consuming and this is our life, I I didn't compartmentalize it like business friendship and friend friendship you were just my friend because we got to hang out every week on the podcast so that was like our us time so I didn't get where you were coming from not gonna lie it hurt my feelings a little but I was like it's fine it's fine it's fine my Grinch heart will survive it's nothing personal I get it though I do I am a I am an addict and I spent like 10 years being used Mm. and using people I understand and I I don't have many real friends and it the friends that I do have you it was the same thing with them I'm very careful who I let into my circle and so girl keep the circle tight and honesty is important in a relationship girl with a you oh god and I was honest about my feelings. I, I, I applaud honesty. You know that. And I think it's hard for people to understand uh, because I'm so blunt. People assume that I'm being either nasty or, you know, like arrogant or whatever. And it's like, no, just no time for that. Like, yeah. this is this is the point that I want to get across or this is the thing that I want to talk about. And I know that pleasantries are something that we should have. But sometimes I just I don't I forget pleasantries exist. <laughs> right. I do. Yeah. Oh, my husband is giving me the this. Which yeah. Is, way to interrupt our bonding moment. It's fine. But that's fine. So we have a caller. Pretty heavy. I love you. Okay. I know. We said I love you to each other and we meant it. Now we might be dating. I'm not sure. Yeah. Louise. Yes. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Hi. I'm so excited I got through. So yes. number one, I want to thank both of you for all you do for us moms out there. Thank um, you. Because it is really nice to hear it 
truthfully, as opposed to all the nice ribbons and glitter all around, um, that momming is really hard. Yes. Um, <laughs> so um, I kind of had a question. I, it's for both of you, but really, Tiffany, I kind of relate to you um, very personally. I'm actually just celebrated nine months sober. I'm Yay! an alcoholic. Congratulations. Yay! <laughs> and I also suffer from severe anxiety. Um, so my question is kind of a little background. I actually am a mom of four, two biological, two stepkids, but they're all mine. So I have four kids. Um, and then I'm, I'm married. I have a dog, three cats, five fish and two turtles, and we're all living under one roof. Um, (laughs) I also have a nine to five as well as a part-time job, um, with a direct sales company. Um, and recently my husband had a debilitating, um, health issue where he had to quit his job. So it's pretty much all on me right now. Mm. Um, so I guess my question for the two of you is, um, how do you deal with stress when there's so much going on and it's kind of the world, it feels like the world's on your shoulders. Okay. The question was when you feel like you have the world on your shoulders and you're, and you are drowning in stress and anxiety, how do you survive? How do you go about the next thing? Which is a great question. Mm. Um, I can, it depends. Some days I'm losing my mind and I'm crying in bed and I'm contemplating my existence. Most days I have found that an attitude of gratitude changes everything for me. If Mm -hmm. you are able to take a second and switch your perspective, it really can change everything. I have a choice. If I am stuck in traffic, I can either be like, my life sucks. This is miserable. Or I could be like, thank goodness I have a car to be stuck in traffic in. You know, if my kids are trashing the house and my house is a disaster, I can be devastated and think I'm failing. Or I can say, look, I have a house. I have a safe place to lay my head and it's filled with people I love. Um, And so it takes work. But if you take a moment and just evaluate the situation and try, which it takes practice to switch your perspective about the current situation, I have found that it can make a complete difference in your day. Mm Mm-hmm. Agreed to all of those points. Perspective is key because it's so hard to, when you think that everything is just raining shit on you, it's hard to find the silver lining, but I promise you it's there. Uh, It's just, you have to, you have to, you have to, like Tiffany said, the attitude is gratitude and you have to find that. But it's, um, I know I understand that feeling of complete pressure on your chest and like you're you're doing all of the things all of the time. Uh, I'm a big list maker and note taker. And so when I feel like I'm in the middle of what I call a swirl, I will write down all of the things that I'm thinking about and that I feel le- that need to get done. And then I just look at it like what's the actual priority? Because right now I'm in the middle of editing my my manuscript and I've got um, a speaking gig coming up next week and I've got this and I've got that. And so I'm like, what do I have to do today? Today. And that's what I then try to focus in on because otherwise I get swirly. And sometimes it's minute to minute. Yep. And that's okay too because it is about survival. But I'm sending you love. It sounded like you had a whole bunch of stuff going on yes, and you're Louise, not alone. We've got your back. Um. And so just a reminder, after you ask your question, we're going to hang up on you in a loving way, not a mean way. We just want to get to as many questions as we can. Correct. So we have Christina. Hi. There she is. Hey, Christina. Hi. I've been sitting here listening to you guys and getting more and more nervous as I listened, but I'm so excited that I got through. (laughs) Don't be nervous. Well, welcome. I I love you both very much. And um, I am a stay-at-home mom with a three-year-old daughter. She's my only one for right now, and uh, 
I have actually been um, said to a couple of times, people have made the comment that, oh, well, if you only have one child, you're not a true parent. You're not really parenting. And I was just kind of wondering, for both of you, what your perception is of that. Of the person who says that or the idea itself? The idea of itself, I guess. Gotcha. Thank you so much, Christina. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Christina said she's been told before that since she has only one child, it doesn't count as actually parenting or she doesn't have it as bad as others. And she wanted to know our perspective on that. Well, first of all, it's ridiculous because once you give birth to a baby or you adopt a baby or you become a step parent or it's a bonus child, whatever you want to call it, once you step into the parenting role, you are you are a parent. You're in the club. Don't worry. We're not going to kick you out. Like because it changes. Like we just talked about your complete perspective on everything, because you automatically start to come last, <laughs> because that's what we do, and you start to um, parent and mother and be the most empathetic thing on the planet because you are taking care of somebody else. Um, is it harder parenting th- three than one? Sure. You're well. T- Let's ask Eric. <laughs> well, <here's, laughs> it depends. And I think what I was what I was going to say, ma'am, is that it also <laughs> depends on the child and it also depends on their ages because parenting changes and things get different. I don't ever think it gets easier. I think it changes and it gets different. I love you, Eric. I'm just kidding. Uh, so and he's in the middle of a, like some severe toddler like his two and a half year old is a handful type thing am i in trouble i was just kidding no i love mason and no no i love him but he's a handful but i think it all changes and being a parent is something that is like i've said time and again the hardest job on the planet the most loving job on the planet but it is exhausting and so if you're in the game you're in the game like you're in the game we we respect you and i don't know who the heck is telling you that you're not a parent but you should drop kick him in the kneecap Cause that's or the crotch, not a real friend. And if it's somebody on the internet, then you definitely need to not take it to heart because well, people on the internet. I just saw a meme or a post or something the other day that somebody said, um, "Why do you listen to what people say on the internet and take it to heart when you don't listen to like fr- close friends or family around you when they say good things about you?" But the second some stranger says something nasty to you, you're like, "Oh, it must be true." Oh, I can why tell you that. I can tell you why. Okay, uh, because I have a complex that I have everybody fooled mm. and that. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that the people who call me out on negative stuff are the only ones who truthfully see the real me. And I think that every time. Yes. These people who give me amazing compliments, they don't really know me. No. I understand now. You're right. You're completely, completely right. All right. We have another caller, Stephanie. Hi. I'm from Burbank, California. And I have a 15-year-old, a 4-year-old, and a 2-year-old. Now, the 15-year-old feels very unspecial now and I want to know how do I make him feel special and feel good and feel that he's loved because he says he doesn't he's not loved anymore only the two little ones are loved and because he's been the only one for 11 years and now that's gone so how do I make that better now oh Stephanie first of all um thank you for calling the question was Stephanie has three children a 15 year old a four and a two year old and the 15 year old is having a rough time because they are feeling a bit unloved with the new transition into having siblings after not having them for 11 years um 
I would say carve out, if, if at all possible, some uh, alone time for you and your 15-year-old. Ask him what he wants to go and do. Uh, if he's like wants to go to a skate park, wants to go to the movies, wants to go to some Fortnite competition. They do those in like big malls and stuff. If he wants to go do anything that you can just carve out some time and talk to him about what's going on in his world and just reiterate how much you do love him and that you were so happy to have those 11 years with just you and him. That would that would be what I would say is just find some time. Did you have it? Agreed. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you going to say just get rid of that kid? Or? I was going to say, uh, I think that she's, um, it's going to sound weird, but just from what I've heard about teenagers, I think it's sweet that the teenager even cares. Yeah. To be honest, from what I've heard, but I don't mm-hmm. have teens. So that was the perfect question for you. No, I, I, I think that that absolutely happens. I think that absolutely happens a lot. All right. We have with a question hi hey so my heart's beating my chest because this is kind of a serious question so sorry if i bring the mood down with this question but as a mom i've been it's been a quite some emotional turmoil with my family so i have a meaning to write you guys but i don't i'm not good with writing either so okay we're here but um what would you guys do with um, a family member, very young children, that continue to ask your daughter to um, remove articles of clothing? Both of them are very young. And um, my husband and I have had um, fights regarding it because I've become mama bear and wanted to cut all ties, but it's hard to cut all ties when we are a very, very close family. And, um, yeah. So, so you have a family member that is asking one of your children to remove articles of clothing. Yes. In what way? Like, just like, Hey, take your shirt off or, and how do you, how did you hear about it? The bottoms, both articles of bottoms off to because um, and it's come down to now the family thing it's curiosity they're curious is it a younger and family member stuff that we've read yes it's curious but when it's happened on more than one occasion when they've been told not to um it makes me fuming inside and it's a younger family member that is doing this to your child yes mm. So what I would do is, first of all, you have every right to feel the way that you're feeling and the emotions that you are feeling. I'm sorry that your husband uh, and you are arguing over this, but as a mom, I would go directly to the parents of the younger family member who who has done this. I would tell them that uh, you will have no contact with them at this point moving forward, that you recommend that you that individual um, seek therapy and help, and that if they choose not to do so, that you you will contact the local authorities and discuss the matter at hand uh, because 
this this will not only be life altering for the individual that that person potentially could touch, but them as well. So they need help. And the fact that they're that you found out about this is 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 good news that your kids told you about it or the fact that you found out about it before anything else could happen. And so I think what needs to happen is that that those family members, you guys come together and you let them know that moving forward, you will not see them, um, but that that child needs to get the proper professional help that they need. Uh, so that that child can be helped, that family can be helped. And and I would then suggest that you and your family seek some family counseling on the situation as well. And you find somebody that specifically deals with that type of trauma uh, because they're going to know best how to deal with it. And then I would bring that question up with that that type of therapist as well. And if uh, you can't seek that out due to economic issues, I would go to your local county because the health department there will be able to offer you some type of uh, family counseling as well that they give out on, if not a free, a very small fee uh, for that. Because this is a, a this is a tra- this is a trauma. Let's be honest with what it is. And I would seek. That's what I would do. And you're validated in your feelings of hurt and anger as a mother. That's good advice because I feel like mine would involve <laughs> punching a kid. Well, this, she's saying that this is a younger individual, and so um, I know <laughs> it made me it made me decompress a bit because that rage in me was like, "Go to the cop! Why, you know, call the cops right this minute?" But you're talking about a younger family member, but I would sever ties with the family until yeah, um, until further notice. Yeah, I can't imagine. That's I would, tough, man. Yeah, that is. And we are praying for you and our thoughts are with you because I, I it, good for her for sharing too. like, yeah, that well, might you, help somebody else. And it there. needs to be discussed, right? Like this, because this does happen. So we can't hide our heads in the sand about it. So that Tanya. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Do you happy have Mother's question? Day to both of you. Oh, happy Early Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Yes. Thank Yay. you. <laughs> So I'm calling in because I uh, was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. Uh, my kids are 14, 11, and 9. Oh, um, they've awesome. had me for a long time, but now I'm back to work. Awesome. Um, I'm having a hard time keeping babysitters because they're so crazy for other people. Um, Sorry, it's not And <laughs> Kids are crazy regardless, but my kids take it to a whole new level. I was wondering if you have any advice for me. Tanya said she's having trouble keeping babysitters because her children who are, did you say 14, 14, 11, 11, 9 are a handful for the babysitters and want to know if there's any advice. Meredith, that's literally like almost the exact age of your kids, right? It is. So, so my question back, which we can't have an answer to though, but I can pose it as a statement. Um, 14 is probably old enough to leave your other kids home with them. Uh, I have uh, kids that age and I will leave my middle child with my son and he can babysit, so to speak her. I will not leave my youngest who is eight with them because he would be the one that would burn the house down. So I split them up and I will put one with a sitter or one with a family member or take one with me and I can leave the other two home alone. Uh, I think 14 is old enough to let them have some responsibility for a, 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 a period of time. And if you, you know, don't work too far from home, I would say let that be an option. If it's absolutely not an option because of maturity, uh, I would, I would say split the kids up and figure out, um, if there can be something else, some other place that you can, or some other, some other way to divide and conquer type thing. Cause three kids is a lot. 
Uh, but we really don't, unless we're going out for hours on end, I don't hire a babysitter for the older two and I find some place for the youngest one. Hmm. that's what I do now because I don't have toddlers anymore. So it's not something that I have to worry about in that sense. But, um, also my 13 year old is a pretty mature kid. And, you know, I think he, I think, you know, when we tell him you're going to stay here and you know, you and your sister better not break anything. And if something happens, call me immediately. Like he, he listens my daughter. I love your daughter. So, <laughs> much she's a little shanky though she's you she's she's so you she's so quick-witted and like actually funny like i could see myself hanging out with her (laughs) you did ask me if it'd be okay to hang out with my 10 year old and i'm like "Mm, is that weird weird. (laughs) (laughs) all right hello shonda hello welcome it's so nice to speak with you guys i've been following you both independently for years oh well welcome thank you thanks yeah, I have um, five kids. <laughs> five children is four many. Them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, four of them have autism. Oh, okay. Three are high functioning. One is severe. Okay. And uh, my question is, I've been having a lot of issues on the school bus actually with two of my kids, my higher functioning kids mm-hmm. that are school aged. My daughter. My nine-year-old is the worst. I have been trying to explain to her that we need to behave and sit still on the bus. And I am not getting through. It is very frustrating. And then this morning I get a call that she's throwing cars at the bus stop. Throwing cars? Rocks at the bus oh, stop. Rocks oh, at rocks. cars. She's the Hulk. <laughs> you have bigger problems at hand. Not cars. Not actual cars. No, not not. <laughs> She's not the Hulk. Not yet. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. So um, Shonda said she has five children, um, four of whom are on the spectrum, three are high functioning or anyway, she's got her hands full um, and she's having an issue with her nine-year-old daughter who rides the bus and she's not, she's not behaving on the bus or at the bus stop. Make her walk to school. I don't know that that's an option. Why? Because who knows who knows how far they live from the school. Give her a taser. What? To take with her for protection. Oh, my gosh. Lo, you could have her walk and follow her in the car. You could do that. And be like, hey, if you want to act up at the bus stop, you could use your two stems and hike it on down to the school. And you know what I mean? You could be there to protect her. Yes, and that is actually, I've seen that dad did that when the girl was bullying on the bus and she got kicked off the bus for two weeks. The dad made her walk and he videotaped her walking and he drove behind her. Wait, okay, I guess it's too late to ask her. She said she has five children, four with autism. Mm-hmm. Is the nine-year-old, does the nine-year-old have yeah, autism? Yeah, she said she, yeah, she said okay. she was. Okay, I don't know that I'd make her walk. I'd give her a pass. No, I think you have to you have to instill the the proper rules and boundaries for how we act on a bus. I would then say to if this were my eight year old um, doing this, I would then say to him, "Look, you don't know how to act on the bus. I'm going to come with you." And I'd ride that bus with him <laughs> and I would sit there and I'd say, do you like it when mommy rides the bus with you? Ooh. Oh, no. OK, well, maybe act right and I won't have to come ride the bus with you. I like it. Um, because, 
um, or, and make sure at school that you do have um, uh, IEPs and 504s and the proper uh, paperwork in place for the proper placement and the uh, protocol that your child will need as they navigate the educational system because there are potentially you could you, they, you could have aids, one-on-one assistance. There are probably sensory rooms at school, all sorts of different things, tools and tricks that you can use with your child, your child's teacher and their team in order to make sure that they are best educated uh, and receiving the best education uh, because there are, there are, um, there are programs for you. So make sure to be utilizing those and, and get those, uh, call the school and make sure that you, your voice is being heard because you are advocating for your child. But I would ride the bus with my kid. That's what I would do. When my brother was a senior in high school and I'm talking, he was not only a man, he was 19. He didn't graduate until he was 19. Um, I got a phone call from his history teacher who was a friend of ours and he called me and let me know that my brother had missed four uh, of his classes in the last two weeks and he was on the verge of potentially not graduating because he had not shown up enough and he was falling behind. So I called my, my, his teacher. I asked him if he was in class that day. He was. I showed up to the school. I walked in. I took off my flip-flop. I went over to my brother's desk and I and I asked him if he um, enjoyed missing school because he wanted to come home and get spankings from his big sister. And I started hitting him with my shoe in the classroom and I walked him out and we had a little chat and he didn't miss history class anymore. I embarrassed him. Probably not the proper technique to use, but it's what I did to get his butt in class. His friends knew I was going to and he knew I was going to show up if he didn't act right. So I went in and I embarrassed him a little. This is not a five-year-old. This was a 19-year-old. He knew better and I did what I felt was necessary. Not saying it was proper parenting, but it's what I had to do. He finally walked across the stage at 19 and um, he's very successful now in the air conditioning business. Nice. Thanks to me. I'd like to see a picture. I can show you a picture. I've got more, but we have Patricia on the line. Hey. Hey, good morning. Hi, Patricia. Hi, ladies. So I have eight children. Eight children. of whom are adopted. Oh, wow. Awesome. And they all have come with some sort of trauma and mental disability or intellectual disability. And we're struggling right now. We're in Nevada. We're struggling right now with having the school recognize mental disability as an actual disability. So I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Say that, say that one more time. So I make sure I repeat this question properly. That last part. Okay. So we're having a really hard time getting our school district to understand mental and intellectual disabilities. Okay. Uh, like, like in reference to, you know, a child that has a disability that you can actually see Correct. or, you know, they've, they've put a label on, but with mental disability, it's so difficult. Okay. I've got the question and I'm, and I'm ready to go. So Patricia's <laughs> question was, and this is a very good question. And as an, as an ex teacher, I feel for her because I've, ha- I've had these kids in my classroom. Like I get it. She has eight children, five, six of whom were from the foster system. And they have some form of mental or intellectual disability. They came with baggage. Uh, and she wants to know, how do I deal with this in the educational system? And like I was saying before with the, with the mom who had um, 
the children who were on the spectrum, going in and having meetings and being the advocate for your child is so extremely important because these kids, uh, like much like autism, it's not something that you can see and you know, well, that child has something going on, that kid's on the spectrum. You have no idea. Like if you look at my son, you wouldn't say that kid looks a certain way. Um, now if you see him throwing a meltdown or if you see him covering his ears and crouching down, you might be like, Ooh, what's wrong with that kid? But you don't always see those types of things, right? And mental illness or some form of an intellectual disability. I'm dyslexic. You're not going to look at me and think that lady's dyslexic, right? But it's a, it's a, it is a learning disability. So what I would do is I'd go in and I'd request the proper paperwork process be started for each of the children that needs some type of service. So I would go in and request that they all be seen by the school um, psychologist and that they go in and you start the proper paper trail for each of the children for what they could potentially need from them in terms of school counselors, school psychiatrists or psychologists, what types of uh, testing they need to have done. And then you start those because all of my... Two of my three kids have been tested inside of the school system, um, and that then leads to um, other tests that will, will, you know, it actually started with our pediatrician, then goes into the school. So you can also ask your pediatrician to start that paperwork and that process. And you, you know, because it is hard because you look at these kids and it's like, well, your kid looks normal. It's like, well, what the hell does normal look like? Because this is what's going on with my kid and we need to address it as such. Because there's lots of things that you can't see on the surface, right? I mean, look at us. What? Yeah, is exactly what I mean. You, 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 you don't know. But you do have to have the proper process started so that you can get out of here. Get out of here? Get out of here. You're like, I'm a puppy? <laughs> <laughs> but you do, right? Like you do. You have to absolutely start that process and you need to get you need to get going on that. My blood gets a little boily on that because a lot of times these kids will get lost in the cracks and it's not their fault. It's because some adult somewhere along the line didn't take the time to give them the benefit of the doubt and have have the proper things in place for them. I was just going to say, it really puts it in a perspective. Like we all have problems, right? And each day we're all stressed out and stuff. But then I hear from somebody who has like eight children, six who are adopted and on the spectrum and all of this stuff. And it's like, dang, dude, here I am complaining because my kids are asking to watch Paw Patrol. Meanwhile, there's these people out there who are struggling day in and day out with the school system and with, you know, acceptance from everywhere they go. And it's like, it puts it into perspective, man. Not that I'm saying, oh, you know, my problems are are not as bad as hers. But I mean, it goes back to the attitude of gratitude thing. Like, you know, we're all going through something and um, I don't know anything about what you're talking about because I. I you're, you're not you're not in well, I'm, you're I'm not, not an educator of, and you're not. a Yeah. 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 And so it's very interesting to hear these perspectives. And it's also very interesting to hear how many people are going through it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a yeah. It's a lot of us. Did you ever realize that this is going to come out weird and oh, that's God. okay. Cause this is our show. This is, that's exactly what our show is. But when my son was being diagnosed with, um, my son has mild cerebral palsy, which is a form of brain damage. That was his first diagnosis. And then he was diagnosed on the spectrum, OCD, ADD, all of these other labels and tags and wonderful things. The pediatrician said you, by looking at most people, you assume, huh, they look normal. But what you don't realize is, the, is a lot of people are missing an organ. They have some uh, d- um, disability, whether it's an intellectual or mental or whatever. He goes, truly, 
having a child who is perfect in every way, shape or form doesn't actually exist. He's like, it's just, you don't see these things. They're not something that's right out on the surface that is noticeable to the eye. But a lot of people are walking around one kidney, half a liver, you know, a partial lung. He's like, you don't see it. And so you don't, you don't know. He goes, but what you, you just, you can't judge a book by its covers. And what he was trying to say is you can lead uh, a, a relatively healthy or normal life missing lots of crap. You just have to learn how to accommodate and cope with it. And he was trying to be super nice, right? Because we had just been diagnosed with uh, brain brain damage. He's like, the good thing about your son's condition is that it's not going to get worse. He can't have more brain damage as a result of this birth injury. The, the brain damage he has is what we now have to deal with and we have to figure out. He goes, things will come up as, you, as he ages. And you'll find them like when he was diagnosed with autism at four and then OCD and ADD and this and that and the other thing. He goes, but that part of it is done and now you just learn to cope and deal. And then you move on and you go with it. So, I mean, my doctor said most people, something wrong with you. Agreed. (laughs) You just got to keep going. You got to figure it out. I always say it's the hand you're dealt. Don't bite the hand that feeds. I was going to say. All hands on deck. I was going to say. Handy dandy notebook. Play the cards that Uh, you have. Yes. Carrie. (laughs) Hi. 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 I haven't called in since I was like trying to get new kids on the block tickets uh, back in the day. Uh, <laughs> I love that. She said, I haven't called into a radio station since I was trying to get new kids on the block tickets back uh, in the day. Uh, no. <laughs> so my question is, and it's kind of a little, it's a little complicated, but I'll make it quick. Um, about a year and a half ago, my father passed away very suddenly and tragically. And my daughter is 10 years old now. So she was nine at the time. And she had a lot of traumas within that year after my father passed away. Um, I suffer from bipolar and anxiety, panic, you name it. I have the whole spectrum of crap. Um, but dealing with her right now, she's going through a lot of anxiety. I have her in therapy. I'm doing the right things. But for me as a mom, dealing with her own stressors on top of her own um, mental health issues, um, how do you, because I know um, I know Tiffany struggles with anxiety, I'm sure you both deal with the regular anxiety of being a parent, but how do you compartmentalize that and help your, I'm still having a difficult time helping my daughter through the anxiety that she's going through. She's a great student, she's in gifted program, thank God, but she, the anxiety of it making her physically ill now, and I just don't know how to help her, um, or advice, I mean, I know I struggle with myself, but it's different. You can understand that mm-hmm. it's different when it's your child going through it. I, I cope with it my own way, you know, and I could try to give her as much coping skills, but have you guys ever experienced that with your children with the anxiety and how do you guys um, help them with that? Just uh, being at home, you know, just dealing with your regular everyday stuff, you know? Yes. Good question. Thank you so much for calling. And I'm so sorry you're going through that, man. That's so tough. She said, uh, she, personally has experience she suffers from anxiety and bipolar and other stuff and they've had some family tragedies and her 10 year old daughter is now going through anxiety and she's wondering how to separate it how to compartmentalize it how can she help her daughter while trying to help herself um my kids are all really young but and people say i'm crazy when i say this which might be true because my son's so young but i truly believe that my son has some anxiety and i I know he's really young to be able to tell, but I do. 
I'm with him every day and I see the way that he reacts to situations and I see so much of myself in him. And I often wonder, is it my fault? You know, is it me rubbing off on him? Like I've had to pick him up from school before because there was ants on the ground and he was like hyperventilating and having a nervous breakdown over the bugs. And like, I had to go to counseling when I was little because of insects (laughs) and like the way he reacts to things, he's terrified of everything. He's just so scared and worried all the time about things that a four-year-old shouldn't be worried about. And it's so tough. And I think she she said she has her daughter in counseling, which is incredible. I think that's like the best thing that you could do because when your own feelings and emotions are all over the place, it's tough to know how to help somebody else. I think what I would do in that situation, since you're already going to therapy and she has a therapist, I would ask to kind of join in at times and hash it out kind of together and have the conversation, let the therapist lead the conversation so that you can open the lines of communication between mom and daughter in that respect. Um, and then, cause obviously what's going to work as a coping mechanism for mom won't necessarily work as a coping mechanism for the daughter, especially because she's 10, but I think you're going in the right direction. And I think the fact that you're thinking about the way you're doing it and how you're going about it shows how much you care about the situation and that you are worried about her, but just be there for her hug on her, love on her, sit and watch the Goldbergs together, um, give her time, whatever TV show you watch together. Our family watches the Goldbergs together and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is probably inappropriate. Love. But the point is just spend time, even if you're just sitting there quietly together, you're with her. That means a lot. You've showed up, you're there. So you're doing the right things. I, and then if you don't have a therapist that you're seeing, I would absolutely, I recommend therapy hand over fist, hand over. No. Oh. Not that. Okay. Uh, different kind of therapy. Head over heels. Point is therapy's good. Good. Do therapy. Agreed. Right? Continue with therapy. Thank you. That was a good answer. You seem like the logical one in this relationship. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend Oh, well, it depends on what you're into. I have a question for you, Meredith. Yes. Who's the most famous person you've ever met besides me? Kelly Clarkson. Really? Yeah. You'd say she's more famous than Dak Shepard? She's Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. No, I know. I just didn't know if you would say that. Um, Probably because I'm a bigger fan of hers than I am Dax. Not that I, I liked Dax very much. Um, I like him as an actor. I liked him when I met him for his podcast. I like his podcast. Okay, name dropper. I liked Ke- I liked Kelly. Okay, I liked Kelly Clarkson more because she knew who I was when I met her. That'll do it. That did it for me. And she didn't know me by name or anything, but she was like, "You're that mom on the video that the, on the internet that makes those videos." Do you think she knows one? me then? No. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> of course she does. No. Yeah. She was like, you have that friend who's yeah. really famous, Tiffany. I knew, it. I knew it. I knew it. You weren't really friends. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. We weren't friends yet. Okay. Uh, so we're bringing up old stuff. No, but she was just very, she was very, um, you know what she was? She was just a very humble, kind, nice person. Love and it. so was Dax, if we're being honest. He was, very, I only spent 30 seconds with him, but he was a nice guy. Right on. Could have been a murderer. I don't know. Um, Who's the most famous person you've met? Emilio Estevez. When did you meet him? I met him in an oh, elevator. Oh, that's right, the elevator. <laughs> and you were making Mighty Ducks jokes, right? No. Oh, what'd you do? Dude, I made it so effing weird in the hotel. I got in the elevator 
I, the, he was already like in and you know how like there's that awkward moment is he do, short yes okay i thought he was yep and i like do do i just let him go and then catch the next one or what i didn't know it was him at this point because he had sunglasses on and facial hair and i think possibly some stuff done with his face anyway so he's getting in the elevator and then i'm like hey you know awkward hey can i scoot in there with you and so i get in there and he's like what floor and i was like i don't know the top one because the lady Told me I was on the top floor, but I wasn't. There's a floor above my floor. So I'm like, the Good top house. one. 11. And he's like, oh, 12? And I'm like, no, it's 11. He's like, I thought you said the top one. Da, 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 whatever. Anyway, so I'm looking and I'm like, oh, my God. I think that's a paleo SFS. Yeah. And so I'm like creepily like looking at him, just trying to play it cool. You know what I mean? So he goes to get off the elevator and I follow him out. And <laughs> he's like, oh, I thought you said that uh, you were on 11. And I was like, yeah. It, oh this is not 11. He's like, no, this is the eighth floor. And I'm like, okay, no, I know. And then for some reason I said, I don't know where I am. I'm just going to sleep in the hallway. <laughs> like, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> just making it extra weird. And like, as a joke, you know, whoop, guess I'll just sleep here. I don't know where I am. And he's like, no, you won't. That was it. <laughs> yes. That was it. Yes. Did you take a picture? No. And then I was like, okay, no, I know. I was just joking. Okay, bye. And then you turn around and get back in the elevator? Yep. So he's telling a story about some schizo lady who rode an elevator with him and threatened to sleep in a hallway? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you didn't make that weird at all. But it counts as meeting him because we met. Um, Does it? And I still wasn't sure if it was him or not, so I got back to my hotel room and I Googled it, and he was in town, Cincinnati, for a uh, premiere of his new movie. Oh. So that was when I knew I really screwed it up. It was official. It was. Well... That's okay. Um, it was probably him. He He's was... probably on his podcast right now talking about you. <laughs> Train wreck of a woman. <laughs> I, I haven't met too many famous people. I don't think I've met any, really. I don't think. Jason Aldean. Okay, yeah, he's famous. But before he was famous. Oh. He was playing in a little bar, and I got a picture of him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have that many famous people that I met. Next question is from... Oh, Amanda, I'm sorry. You've been here the whole time. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can. Go for it. Okay. So, sorry, my phone is being weird. Okay. So my question, I have um, an older sister who lives about four hours away, and we're very close, and she, her and I both suffer from anxiety, um, and she is controlling hers pretty good, um, but there are times when she talks to me about it, and I want to be able to offer some help, but I... I live four hours away, so I don't, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out how to help her long distance. Um, she's in therapy. She's got her coping mechanisms, but you know, sometimes I know you just need somebody to talk to. Um, and I know that I'm assuming that that's what she wants sometimes, but I don't know what to say and how to help her. Ah, okay, that's a great question. What about FaceTime? What about just like a couple of nights a week having dates, just FaceTiming and letting each other know that you're there um, for each other? Because for me, when I have anxiety, the most important thing that anybody in my life can do is validate my anxiety and not make me feel crazy. Just say, "Dude, I get it," and I'm so, or not even I get it. Just say, "I'm so sorry that you're experiencing that. I can't imagine what that's like. That must be so tough." And in the way I'm envisioning this going with your sister is you guys FaceTime each other and you hang out and you joke and you laugh and you're like, hey, man, I'm sorry you're going through that. I totally get it. And I'm here for you if you need anything, you know. I agree. I don't like when I 
try and tell somebody, my husband, the way I'm feeling about something. And then that person, my husband tries to either fix it or tell me that I can't feel that way yep. because it's like, no, no, it's how I feel. So yeah, can't say I shouldn't. Um, and I know that most, most individuals want to try and fix the problem for you, but sometimes there's no fix because the way you're yep. feeling, sometimes you just feel swirly. Yeah. Anxiety is very swirly. I just texted somebody the same exact thing. They were asking for advice, what to do with their loved one. And I'm like, don't try to fix the situation. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Just let them, just let them word vomit on you for a bit. I like the FaceTiming idea because it's good also to see, cause like I'm a video call person in general. Like mm-hmm. when I take meetings, like for like businessy stuff, I'm always like, I'd like a zoom call, please. Mm -hmm. I want to see your face Mm -hmm. because I also want to know, I feel like with body language, I can tell the way things are going better than just (laughs) by a voice. So I pin them down to like a zoom call. Right. Um, but, but what I'm saying is if you get that, that face to face contact with somebody, then you can spew your word vomit and you just kind of feel better afterwards, but you don't have to, nobody has to fix anything. Right. Just be there. If you can't physically be in person, a video call is a good idea. Just be there. That's all. Absolutely. Or be square. That's, yeah. What's the matter? I'm just reading comments. Yeah. Sylvie said, trying to, talking to somebody whose goal is to listen and not fix is golden. Just listen. Be, Lo- a, be a listener. Love me some Sylvie. Um, while we're waiting. F- oh, we're not. Okay. We have a caller. We it have is a- Missy. Is it worth it? Hi, ladies. Hey. Let me work it. Oh. I put Hi. my thing down. I'm so, so excited to actually get on here today. Oh, good. Thanks, What's Missy. going on, Missy? Uh, yeah, I, I love uh, watching your guys' videos and reading your stuff. You're amazing. Thank you. Um, so I'm a little nervous because I actually didn't think I would get through, but my <laughs> question is not something to make me nervous about, but... Um, I was just wanting to know, so I have um, a 14-year-old stepdaughter in the house who's moved in since February, but nothing's really legit yet as far as legal end of things, and we're trying to work on that. The mother's really not, you know, helping in that aspect. She's really actually difficult to deal with. But my question is, I have a two-year-old daughter who, you know, I'm a a first-time mom with a two-year-old daughter, and... Now having the 14-year-old in the house, it's, I don't know, I feel like because she's 14, it's really hard for me to be the disciplinary, I guess you could say, because she's not mine, you know? So I'm I'm struggling with that. It's like we're more friends than anything, and, and I kind of want to break that because I know it's not healthy. Mm. Great question. Whew, yeah. I can totally relate to so much of this and I will go on record as saying this and some people might get mad and disagree, but that's okay. So Missy's question was, she now has her 14 year old stepdaughter moving into the home. She has a two year old daughter that she shares with her husband, but she doesn't know how to become more in a disciplinarian role with a 14 year old because right now they're kind of just like friends and she doesn't want to be a friend because she knows that's not the right thing to do. Go. Thank you. Um, so what I was going to say is uh, being a step parent is really hard. And uh, all those feelings that you're feeling are legitimate, even if, God forbid, you're feeling some resentment towards the child, even though the child hasn't done anything to you. It's normal. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. Mm-hmm. And it's a very strange place to be because, of course, you have to be the disciplinarian because you're the adult in charge. But how much is too much? When are you overstepping? 
Where, what are the boundaries? And it's so confusing. And I think it's great that you guys have a friend relationship first off. And I would say my advice, I've been with my bonus daughter since I was, she was two. So like, I, you know, I will discipline her because I'm her main disciplinarian. But in your case, I think it's okay uh, to not just go full, you know, drill sergeant on her, ease into it. And, you know, I think at this point, it's cool to be a friend, you know, and be like, hey, dude, come on, man. You know, I'd rather you not sneak out and make out with boys. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Um, You I don't know. I guess I have questions. How long have they been together? How long has she been in the daughter's life? What's up? Well, and and my only add in to this, because I do not have any bonus children, would be uh, speaking with your spouse about how you want to handle the situation so that you guys are both on the same team. But that's probably hard. I hear Tiffany's making noises at me. Well, sometimes the dudes don't even know what to do. And so then it's like, well, shoot, I'm going to have to take the reins on this. But then right. I look like the bad guy. And right. It's so weird. I think most Counseling. parenting, though, no. is m- being the bad guy. Yeah. In general, right? Because you, you're... But at the same time, um, you have to... I mean, she's she's living with you guys now, and 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 so this is going to be. I think maybe with it now becoming more of a permanent situation, um, opportunities will arise where you can go in and start to have those conversations that are deeper than we're friends. You know, you now live together, and you're assuming more of a parenting role. Just establish rules that way you're all on the same page. And if she breaks them, then she can expect you to come after her. Well, and and I would still, even though Tiffany shrugged at me, I would, as best you can, have conversations with the father about what is expected. Okay. Michelle, are you there? Yes, I'm right here. Can you hear me? Now we've got you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, This is my first time watching you guys and listening to you guys, and you guys are great. Oh, thank Thank you. you. Well, welcome. My question is this. I had three pregnancies, and with each of my pregnancies, I had to have an emergency C-section. A family member told me that I wasn't the real mother because I didn't experience the natural childbirth with each of my pregnancies. So now this family member made her own daughter go through the labor pains and no epidural and everything just so she could say that, you know, she had a natural childbirth and she was a real mother. So does that make me not be a real mother? It makes your family member a lunatic. A little bit, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Is what it does. Here's the thing. Um, and we've said it time and again, it doesn't matter how you came in. Oh, the question. Sorry. Whoopsie daisies. Um, so Michelle gave birth via C-section three times and a family member has shamed her by saying she's not a true mom because she didn't go through the experience of labor and delivery. First of all, I've never had a C-section and I don't even, I've had abdominal surgery. And what I can tell you is that's rough and awful and terrible and I wouldn't wish it on someone. So the fact that you had to have C-sections, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy for you that your vagina is probably in much better shape than mine uh, <laughs> because it's like a hot dog down a hallway. Okay. But the point is any way you become a mother is irrelevant. The fact that you are parenting is what makes you a mom. It doesn't have to be a biological connection either because I, I know... I, we have a family members who have adopted and a parent is a parent is a parent. It doesn't matter. And I why like- are you laughing? Veronica said it's like that way. 
Yeah, slap your slap, slap your family. And the other thing too is, is like, how could she be so bossy to be like, you can't have a C-section because you need to be a real mom, so you need to go through labor and deli-. like that's just insanity. Like, I don't understand that. I don't know. I don't get why people mom shame for C-sections and breastfeeding and all this ridiculous nonsense. It's like, I'm sorry, do you own my breasts or do I own my breasts? Because it's none of your business anyway. And I would just, I, you know what? I'd give her a tongue lashing. Ew. That means yell at her oh. and tell her why she's wrong. I thought you meant beat her with your tongue. No, like that would a be la- super you know, awkward. You, you lash somebody? No, that's not. <laughs> what it, it's a metaphor. Okay. Um, kind of like what we were doing before with the with the with the cards. Never mind. What? Nothing. It doesn't matter. Michelle, tell her. Give her Just the. Give suck her, it. Give her the business. Give her the what for. No. You are absolutely a mom, and and I'm look. I wouldn't want to have to have a C-section. The last one walked out. That's how big my <laughs> vagina was. <laughs> Just walked on out. Hey, I was watching an episode of Swamp People. It was fine. What? Oh yeah, right in the middle. I was like, I believe labor is here. Oh my gosh! Keep having them, man. They just walk out. That's so funny. I feel like anybody who's spending that much time worried about your life or your vagina, for that matter, for real, or what makes you a mom is just ridiculous. Uh, are we taking any more callers? Let's do one more. Who's the lucky? Who's the lucky caller going to be? We'll take one more. Now I'll ask Tiffany a question. Mm-hmm. Favorite movie ever of all time? Elf. You've got to be kidding me! I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're not santa (laughs) (laughs) what's your favorite movie uh dirty dancing no Mm -hmm. really a little bit what is with you people hungry eyes so many people have that as their favorite movie i don't get it i'm so sorry that i asked hungry eyes you sound like such a creep (laughs) right now <laughs> it's a great movie. Hey, do you know what I want to do one time? What? A sleep podcast. Where, where we, we like just to- sleep? To- okay, down, no. but no. <laughs> where we talk people to sleep. You know what I mean? And we're like, I want you to lay down in bed and close your eyes. <laughs> Allow all of the worries and anxieties from your day to flow from you like a water fountain. You know what I'm talking about? Allow thoughts that creep into your mind. Like a crime podcast where <laughs> everyone dies. Take a deep breath. We'll keep her on. Candace is here, and she will be our last caller for today's spectacular Q&A. <laughs> Candace? <laughs> yes. Hi. It wasn't you. It was my husband. I think he had the volume down. Oh, okay. There you go. Welcome yes, to the show. Um- Hi, Candace. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tiffany. <laughs> um, <laughs> Candace. <laughs> um, I guess my question would be more Tiffany Valley, and it's pretty similar to Missy's. Um, I have three daughters, ages almost 14, 17, and 23. The 23-year-old is my bonus daughter, and... But we got custody of her right after she turned six. So I, like, instantly became mom to a newborn and a six-year-old. But what I've dealt with through the years is people saying that I'm not really her mom because I didn't give birth to her, even though 
her incubator never had anything to do with her. And now she is expecting our first granddaughter in July. And I'm just wondering if people are going to say, well, you're not really the baby's mamma. Hold on. How would y'all deal with that? Can you? So the question is, um, Candace has uh, three children. The oldest is 23 and is her bonus daughter, but had her from a very young age. And people have over the years said, you're not really mom. You're you're the stepmom and therefore you're not truly her mother. But now she is expecting their first grandchild and she's worried that people aren't going to respect her as a meemaw. You need to meemaw the these, hell out of this. Who are these people? Here's my question. Here is my question. Okay. Opinions okay. are like, okay. Everybody got one. one. Not everybody. I Googled it. Not everybody has one. Fun fact. But anyway, here's my question to you. You Googled, does everyone have an I mean, I feel like you said that in a judgy tone. Like, Low who bit. are you to judge my Google searches? <laughs> Go ahead. Um, if you know in your heart that that is your baby, and if you know in your heart that that baby's babies is your baby, are your grandbabies? Yep. Then everybody else yeah. on this planet can suck it because when you go at the end of your life and you're laying on your deathbed, no offense, it's going to happen to all of us, and you're looking back on your life, you're going to be really pissed if you spent more than 10 minutes worrying about the opinions of others instead of enjoying your grandbabies. Yes. Yes, you're right. Yes, because it does. none of that matters. What matters is that Mima shows up to the dance recitals and the christenings and the picnics and the birthday parties. That's what makes a Mima. Not not the fact that you birthed the mother whatsoever. None of that matters. Yeah. Family. I just hate that people yeah. treat like Tiffany and I, you know, we're raising our bonus daughters, but sometimes we don't get treated as their parents. And that's okay. I don't give a damn what anybody thinks. So, so this is what I say to my kids every time they come home and they tell me, uh, and this is not to, I'm not trying to nullify what you're going through whatsoever. This is just... When, when my kids tell me something that's going on, I always say, do you have control over the person or the way you react to the person? You only yeah. have control over your own actions. So all you have to do is be be the best mom and meemaw that you can possibly be. It's I know it sounds easier. It's easier said than done. But once you realize that the oh, only thing you have control over are your own actions, all you can do is look at those. Right. Like I can't control the way other people um, feel about me or speak to me or treat me, but I can choose how I'm going to react to them and treat them and speak to them. And I go back to that all the time. All I mean, because that's all you have. That's that's the only thing you have. I can't make somebody be nicer to me or love me more. I can't make anybody love me more or respect me more. But what I can do is know that I have value and that what I do makes a difference. And so what you do for that child and for, for your future grandchild is you are there and you show up and you make a difference. So you're winning. Oh, Their opinion yes. truly doesn't matter. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt your feelings, but in the scheme of things, it does not matter. Tiffany is spot on. As usual. Yeah. As usual. You're doing a great job, I promise. You really are. And those kids are all lucky to have you. My daughter doesn't want her incubator at the hospital when she has a baby. She's not allowed to see the baby. What's so. an incubator? She's saying the, the biological mother. She's calling her an incubator because she didn't do anything except birth the baby. Who? Oh, the of, of your yes. bonus daughter. Right, 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 right. 
Yeah. I yeah. see. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. And I agree. And you know what? Respect, respect your daughter's wishes of that and just have those boundaries. Oh, absolutely. That's all you can do is have those boundaries and respect that and then go, go. And, and, and unfortunately that's the relationship that they have because of the choices that the quote unquote incubator made that's on them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling. You're not um, alone and you're doing awesome. Thank you for talking to me. It only took me 53 tries. <laughs> Congrats on the grandbaby. Um, <laughs> husband, uh, Bye. when do they find out about who won the podcast? Who's they? The like winner, what kind of email? Everybody's the, getting an email? The winner is receiving an email this week with the date of the final podcast and the instructions on being the co-host. This week. Wait, it's Thursday. You mean next week? In the next seven days. Wait, from when this episode airs? You check your email every day at nighttime. At nighttime. That's very specific. Open Between up your browser and <laughs> <pull> up your <laughs> Gmail. <laughs> Why? Make sure you check your spam folder. It's these microphones. Why? Somebody did say that I was I was speaking in a very uh, game show host voice. Yeah, I saw and that. And I was like, what? That's my radio voice, guys. Welcome to ZYX Top 10 Country Hits. Here's Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I met Justin Bieber. What? Yeah. Yep. Wait, I, I think I, rem why do I remember this? Yeah, I met Justin Bieber years ago. Where was the video? You have a video? No, not anymore. <gasps> oh yeah, you had to delete it. <laughs> I had That's to delete right. it. His people called my people, which was just me. That's hilarious. And they were like, "Take the video down." I but, remember. Yeah, this story. I met Justin Bieber. I'm trying now. I was rattling my brain to see if I met anybody else, but <gasps> Dave met Whitney Houston. Oh. Also, why are you googling why people don't have? Okay, because I, I'm a deep thinker, <laughs> and when somebody says to me, opinions are like a-holes, everybody has one, it, it's got me thinking, like, surely there's no way everybody has one. Surely. So now I need to know, because my mind won't allow me to rest until I solve it. But, but you can't unsee those Google images. I mean, I'm, I didn't say I checked Google images. Did you? Yeah, but I never said that. Because <laughs> I knew you did. But it's interesting to me. I told you, not everybody is born with some sort of something going on. One person was burned. It went down their crack. I need you to nod. Okay. Please. Sam. Please don't just say. <laughs> Please. Prior to this podcast, we were talking about how you could recharge your, your personal battery by sticking your a-hole up to the sun. We did. <laughs> and then we were like, what happens if your butthole gets burnt? <sighs> this is what we do, people. If you're wondering what we do during the day, we think about how to charge your internal spirit. Have you ever bleached your beehole? No. People do that. Have you? No, it's pointless. It's already destroyed. Why is your butthole destroyed? Well, because I've had kids. Oh. So, you know, it's like I'd be, I don't know what's going on back there. I try not to look. <laughs> Uh, so I was cut from stem to stern with my first baby. Excuse me, stem to stern? Yep, I was split. They had to cut me. They had to do a, a second episiotomy. The first one didn't work. His head was so big it got stuck. And then they had to finish cutting through. So there was literally one hole. 
vagina and bone. No, I'd, I'd rather you not tell hole. me the story ever. One gaping hole. Dave, did you see it? He did. It was awful. Do you regret looking? And then they had to stitch me back up, and then you just cross your fingers and pray that it holds. What the f- Yeah, it was bad. Do you ever think about that, Dave? Like now, like when you're trying to have sexy time? <laughs> I worry that my husband pictures that, like a baby coming out. I don't think so. Well, now. <laughs> he said so. I will now. That's going to be great for later. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. So, no, childbirth. Um, like I said, I think now I would have opted for the C-section knowing what I know now. Opted? Like if it were not like planned. People like, have planned ones that aren't emergency. Oh. I have friends that have just been like, nope, not doing that. I'll opt for the C-section. I didn't know that you had a choice. Sure. Huh. Sure. Why not? Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I'd rather have the one where they just put me to sleep well, completely for a week. They don't do that. Take the baby out. Care for it in the beginning. That's while not I a nap. thing that any... <laughs> And then you I'll want like a and- spa weekend? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can you imagine with though? propofol? I mean, yes. No. They put you to sleep. They take out the baby. You have a nice little vacay. Oh, uh, these comments are just holy geez. What is happening? <laughs> oh my god. This took a turn. Mm. Yeah. It says it back to work. I go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nothing. all right guys well as always we absolutely loved hanging out with you for what was way longer than we had anticipated yeah um but so much fun i think we took like 14 or 15 callers uh it was fantastic love doing this we'll have to do this more often we got to do more q a's because this was great but thank you and um we're just gonna go ahead and say join us next week for another episode of take it or leave it an advice ish podcast brought to you by just read the lines. The, where are Sorry. they? <laughs> Just do that one. Join us next week for another episode of Take It. Or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast hosted by two struggling moms who, who have, have no, no idea, idea what, what we're, we're doing. doing. Next, next week, week's the, the final. Not tech. Yep. Because it'll be it'll there. Be okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>